Here comes the sun, na-na-na-na. Let's talk about it on this episode of Pushback. If you're concerned about the direction our culture is heading, then maybe it's time to push back. Hello everyone, Dr. Johnny here again, and I first want to apologize to the Beatles for that very poor rendition of Here Comes the Sun, but that's the season we're in with the sun coming up, and every once in a while, I want to... Um, just put my medical hat on and give sort of a medical public service announcement. I've done this a few times in my podcast in the past. Uh, did one on just screening recommendations, of course, many on the vaccines. Hopefully that part uh, and that craziness of COVID-19 is behind us. Um, but I like to every once in a while just go full medical on you and and give you sort of an update on where things are at in this country on certain issues. Well, as we're heading into the summer season, and I'm um, boldly singing Here Comes the Sun, um, I want to approach uh, sun exposure uh, and the dangers thereof. I do want to dedicate this podcast to my mother-in-law because every time I go outside, especially in the summertime, I can hear her voice in my ears saying, Johnny, don't forget to put your sunscreen on. So this one is for you, Mom. And I also want to dedicate it to my friend Chuck, uh, who is a regular listener as well, because we used to, when we were kids, believe it or not, um, of course, this would be, you know, 40 years ago, uh, we would sit on Chuck's roof. They had a flat-topped roof home um, that actually had kind of a rock-type uh, uh, surface on the top. And we would sit on lawn chairs and we listen to the Twins game and we would sit out in the sun and we would not use sunscreen. We would use suntan oil to actually enhance the tanning process. And since then, over these 40 years, we've learned a lot. <laughs> I've gone to medical school, uh, for one, as well as just literature that's out there on expo sun exposure. So, Chuck, we probably didn't do that right um, when we were kids, but uh, we, can, we can hopefully change our ways. Uh, the third thing I want to talk about is that by the time you're listening to this podcast, I will be, probably be sitting on a beach in Galveston, Texas with my family. We are going on a trip down there. So after this long winter, we've been looking forward to getting out <laughs> into the sun, enjoying the beach. Um, so this message is for me, especially as we're heading in that direction. So with that as an introduction, uh, let me talk about sun exposure. And now everybody does need some exposure, sun, some sun exposure. It is good for us. We actually get something called vitamin D through exposure to the sun, which helps calcium absorption, uh, helps our bones. Um, but unprotected exposure to the sun's ultraviolet rays causes damage, uh, causes damage to the skin, of course, to our eyes, uh, to our immune system, and ultimately can also cause skin cancer, which is the most common, most frequent cancer um, that, that Americans have every year. So that's why this is so important. 
There's other contributing factors such as heredity and environment, um, but sun, burn, and excessive UV light exposure causes damage to the skin. Now, this can lead to not only skin cancer, but premature skin aging. So if cancer doesn't scare you, sometimes just looking older than we need to should at least get our attention for sure. In fact, they say the best anti-aging cream on the market is actually sunscreen, which makes sense. Now, I believe on a side note, this is just my belief, that when you look at the Bible and you see the conditions and the lifespans prior to the flood versus lifespans after the flood there are dramatically different. People were living hundreds and hundreds and hundreds up to 800 plus years prior to the flood. After the flood and the opening of what was called the firmament, uh, all of a sudden lifespans dramatically fell. Now this is just Dr. Johnny's opinion, but I believe the firmament most likely resulted in some kind of greenhouse effect and probably um, uh, limited UV exposure to humans, allowing us to live much, much longer. I believe once the firmament was gone and uh, the sun had less blockage and increased UV radiation uh, to our bodies, that we actually aged quicker. And so I, I believe that we can prove that it's the sun damage to our bodies that actually causes aging and certainly skin aging. Um, in most cases, ultraviolet rays react with something in our skin called melanin. Now, I've talked about melanin, melanin before uh, when I talked about race and the fact that we're all just brown-colored skin. We're all one blood, and I'll try not to go back on that tangent. You can listen to my other podcasts about that. I am not white. I am a shade of brown. Uh, people that we call black aren't black. They're just a deeper shade of brown, and it's all because of melanin and the degree of melanin that we have in our skin. Now, melanin is the first defense against the sun. That's because melanin absorbs the dangerous UV rays that do the serious skin damage. Now, a sunburn develops when the amount of UV damage exceeds the protection that the skin's melanin can provide. That's called a sunburn. A suntan represents the skin's response to injury from the sun as well. And a small amount of sun exposure is healthy and pleasurable, but too much can be dangerous. And measures should be taken to prevent overexposure to sunlight. These preventive measures can reduce the risks of cancers, premature aging, cataracts, and other harmful effects. So the American Academy of Dermatology uh, gives uh, these simple guidelines to help prevent uh, this damage and premature aging, as well as cancer. Number one, generously apply a broad-spectrum water-resistant sunscreen with an SPF sun protection factor, I'll talk about that in a minute, of at least 30 to all exposed skin. Broad spectrum means the sunscreen protects you from both UVA and UVB rays. I'm not going to go into the detail of that, but UVB rays are tend to, uh, tend to be the more serious. And to reapply every two hours, especially after swimming or sweating, the water resistance is important. Wear protective clothing, such as long-sleeved shirts, pants, wide-brimmed hats, sunglasses, whenever possible. Wearing a hat today. Look for clothing with a UV protection factor uh, and, and tightly woven fabric. Seek shade when appropriate. Remember that the sun's rays are strongest between 10 a.m. and 4 p.m. <clears throat> I will try to remember that when we're at the beach. If your shadow is shorter than you are, seek shade. I thought that was a good recommendation. 
Use extra caution near water, snow, and sand. Uh, they reflect the damaging rays of the sun and they can increase your chances of sunburn. Most of us who live in Minnesota who've actually cross-country skied or downhill skied, we know uh, the risk of getting sunburn even in those situations. I'll never forget when I was fishing with my father-in-law, my dad, and my brother-in-law. One of the first times we went fishing um, early in the season, um, I did apply sunscreen and so did my brother-in-law, but both of us forgot to put sunscreen on the back of our hands. And it's just not a common place you think about it. And when you're fishing in May in Minnesota, we're usually wearing coats. It's usually not all that warm, but off the water of the lake and the back of our hands got scorched. I'll never forget that and the pain that we had on the back of our hands. So be careful around the water as well. Uh, you can also get vitamin D through a healthy diet, of course, but sun exposure in small, safe amounts is a great way of receiving that. And a big message to those of you who use tanning beds. Do not use tanning beds. Ultraviolet light from the sun and tanning beds can cause skin cancer and wrinkling. Um, uh, tanning beds are very dangerous um, and should be avoided at all costs. Protect your lips with lip, lip balm, at least S SPF of 15. Lips are very sensitive and tend to burn even faster. Now, how maybe you've heard some of these things before, but how are Americans actually responding to this news? The majority of Americans are not using sunscreen regularly to protect their skin from damage caused by the sun's ultraviolet rays. They don't have a mother-in-law like mine speaking into their ear. About 30% of women and less than 15% of men regularly use sunscreen on both the face and other exposed areas of the skin, a recent survey has shown. That's not good. That shows 85% of us men are not doing it, and 70% of women are not doing it on a regular basis. Uh, the American Academy of Dermatology released their survey of more than 1,000 Americans. And they found that responders did rate themselves higher for sun protection and said that sun protection is more important to them now than five years ago. That's important. However, it gets, it gets worse. However, many have a lack of knowledge on how to protect themselves from the sun and the risk of sun exposures like sun cancer. Um, other results include 62% of responders rating themselves an overall grade of excellent or good. But 63% reported, reported getting a tan, which is an increase of 9% over the last five, uh, three years. And about 30% of survey takers reported getting a sunburn, which is an increase of 25% in 2020. That's a big deal. And that's the most important factor when we talk about sun exposure to our skin. It's the, it's the burn that happens. It's that, it's that degree of sun exposure beyond what your melanin can handle. And sunburn is what is causing damage to the skin, which requires repair, which requires increased chances of skin cancer. And so it's sunburn. And, and so I speak very specifically to Minnesotans out here who have had a very long winter this year, just seem to keep going and going and going. And then we get these nice days. Today is supposed to be 72 degrees. We get these nice days. We want to be outside. We want to soak up the sun. We've been waiting for this forever. And we go outside with our Minnesota skin and we get exposed to sun that burns us. And a lot of us from Norwegian descent obviously burn a lot faster. Fairer skinned people will burn faster for sure. And so we see this as an epidemic, especially in Northern climates of 
early season sunburn. And that is the greatest danger for sure. It's the degree and number of sunburns in a lifetime that actually increases our risk of skin cancers more so than just moderate or low sun exposure over time. So we have to avoid burning. That is the key. So let's talk about SPF and how that helps us. So does the SPF tell you how long you're protected for? Well, let's just explain this. this is, I thought this was a good example. Let's say you typically burn after being outside for 30 minutes and you have an SPF sunscreen that you plan to use that's 15. You multiply 30, the 30 minutes you usually burn, by 15. In this case, that means that you're technically protected for 450 minutes, 15 times 30 or seven and a half hours. Now this is technically speaking, and most sunscreens will wear off long before that, and improper application for getting to sunscreen the back of your hands, for instance, exposes you to much, much faster. It is recommended, therefore, that you apply every two hours and keep that, especially when you're around or playing in the water, which we'll be doing this week. The number of UV rays you'll be protected from also increases with SPF. SPF 15 blocks 93% of UVB rays, SPF 30 blocks 97%, and SPF 100 blocks 99%. But it also is, again, related to time. So if you burn, if you're one of these fair-skinned Minnesotans, you could burn probably in 10, 15 minutes. So let's say you have an SPF of 30 on, but you burn within 10 minutes. You have about 300 minutes of protection, which would be four to five hours, but you need to apply after two hours so that you maintain that protection. I thought this was a good sentence. An SPF 30 sunscreen applied properly will give better protection than an SPF 50 applied too thinly. <laughs> That's very, very important. I'm a little bit, I, I'm a little biased towards the spray on sunscreen is because I'm, I'm a hairy man. I have, I have hair on my arms and legs. And so to spray, to put a cream on is sometimes messy. The sprays are kind of nice, but you have to make sure you do it evenly, liberally, and make sure that you reapply. Sometimes it has, you need to wait a little time before you go into the water, um, before it all washes off as well. Some people have argued that sunscreen actually blocks vitamin D absorption. That's been proven to not be true. Um, you can, uh, if you're out, if you are out uh, getting the sun, uh, you're getting vitamin D. Uh, Michelle McDonald, a dermatologist from Vanderbilt University, says, um, and you're getting it'll come through the sunscreen. You're getting plenty of vitamin D, so don't worry about that. So I also want to share with you um, what. I get involved in as a physician, um, especially in Minnesota, we see this not too infrequently, uh, what we actually are looking for when we talk about melanoma. So melanoma is the most dangerous skin cancer that we get. So what kind of things could you detect early? Because with every every type of cancer, and, and certainly with melanoma and skin cancer, it's more treatable when caught early. And so detection is always the key. So I want to give you a few things that you can look for um, to see if it would trigger any kind of concern and give you warning signs. And here's the deal. If you are ever concerned, if you ever think, hmm, that looks different or unusual, go see a doctor, have us look. We see, we see so many normals and we see so many abnormals that we're pretty good at looking and detecting. We're much better than patients are 
because we're experts and we see this all the time. So if you're at all concerned, go in and have them look. The worst case scenario is they say nothing to worry about or we'll just keep an eye on it. So melanoma signs and symptoms. So a large brownish spot. Now, a large brownish spot describes um, all moles that we have on our skin. So that is not necessarily abnormal, but a large brownish spot with darker speckles or spots within it. So I like to use the term multicolored. Um, if we see something that's multicolored, now if anything ever becomes sort of a blue or blue-black or appears white or pink, that's even more concerning. So multicolored for sure, or big large brownish spots with sort of speckles in them. Uh, definitely worth somebody keeping an eye on. A mole that changes color and size or feels that it bleeds. Now, changing in size is important. When people come to my clinic and ask, is this something to be worried about? The first question I'll ask is, has it changed? Have you noticed a change or is this the way it's looked for 10 years? If they say, yeah, this is kind of always the way it has looked, but now I heard Dr. Johnny on his podcast and now I'm worried, um, that's probably nothing to worry about. But a mole that changes in color or size uh, doubles in size in, in two months. That definitely gets our attention uh, for sure. Something that becomes easily, that bleeds easy. We, we use the word friable. Uh, friable means skin tissue that breaks down really easy. If you just itch it or rub it, um, it'll break down and it'll tend to want to bleed real easy. If that happens, that's a concern that should get checked out. If it's painful, itches, or burns. Now, it doesn't mean that all melanoma does that. But if, it, if you have a spot, you know, basic moles that we have on our skin usually don't hurt at all. And so if it's, if it's burning or you rub it and it feels irritated, um, then absolutely have somebody take a peek at it. Um, if you, uh, now again, think sun exposure. So on your palms, soles, fingertips, toes, especially the bridge of your nose, the top of your shoulders, right? These are the places that we get burned. The tips and tops of our ears. That's where the sun hits, the sun exposure. Normally, you wouldn't say back of your hand, but that would be the case with me on that fishing trip. Um, obviously, membranes lining your mouth, nose, um, and your genital area as well. If you get any irritation there um, uh, or irregular sores, obviously, that's something that we should take a look at as well. And of course, if you have family history, family history and genetics obviously play a role in cancers and exposures there. So if you have family history, um, if you've had history of skin cancer in the past, obviously, um, these are reasons to get checked regularly. And so even when you go into your doctor just for your annual examination, uh, it's always a good idea to just have them do a quick skin check. Obviously, tell them the areas you're concerned about, but have them just do a scan of your body as well and just see, um, I don't mean a CT scan, I just mean a scan with their eyes, and just see if there's anything uh, that looks unusual or different. And sometimes, you know, a doctor will look at something and say, well, this feels sandpapery or this is grown or it's multicolored, and they'll just do what's called a biopsy where they just take a little piece of the skin. Um, sometimes they can do something called a punch biopsy, which is just a very simple simple procedure. They do it. Usually doesn't even require a stitch. Sometimes they just put a little skin glue on it. 
They can send that tissue in for analysis and just see if there's anything abnormal. These aren't big deals. Um, these are these only become big deals when they become melanomas. <laughs> so it's always good to get checked and get checked early. Obviously, if you're married, have your spouse uh, look at your body and just see if there's other areas and, and look at your, your kids when they're in the tub or whatever, just to see if there's anything unusual that way. Um, so when in doubt, go to the doctor and have them just take a look. So that's my public service message. Um, I like to do these every once in a while. Um, we're also going to be heading into tick season, so I might just do one here shortly on Lyme disease and the current uh, literature and data on that because we're certainly here in Minnesota in a very endemic area for that. Uh, and, and most of my listeners probably are as well. So I like to just roll out some some medical topics as well. Don't forget to go to pushbackculture.org. Uh, leave me a message if there's other medical topics that you want me to uh, release as well. Obviously, I'm gung-ho about culture, uh, but the way that we take care of our bodies, the things that we put in our bodies, uh, the things that we are exposed to, the decisions we make for health, it absolutely affects culture, um, not only just us personally, but with our families and our environment as well. So these are important. Um, so I love being a physician. I love sharing this information with you. So if you have topics you would like me to touch on as well, I'm certainly happy to do that. So thanks for tuning in again this week. Don't feel too sorry for me because I'm going to be going to more sunnier places. And uh, here comes the sun, as they say. So I'm going to be enjoying that with my family for sure. Uh, and I'll be thinking about next podcast as I'm sitting on the beach listening to the birds sing. And uh, the Lord's always speaking to me about other things to talk about. So I will use my time there as well, just talking to him about our culture and the ways that we can push back. So thanks for listening again. And so let's go together now to set and shape the culture.